those some people refer to this mahabba of Allah as referring to the love of his worship love of his obedience they love to obey Allah that's what love means here right some take it as the love of his reward I love Allah because I love what he's promised me I love what he's going to give me right so now let's analyze this some of us are, are probably like this that we love Allah because we want paradise we want his reward okay and some people they just really enjoy their worship now what exactly should it be Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wa minan nasi man yattakhidhu min dunillahi andadan yuhibbunahum kahubbillah. Walladhina amanu ashaddu hubban lillah. Walau yara alladhina ghalamu idh yarawna al-adhaba an now, um, today we don't have time to discuss the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in great detail as to exactly what that entails, right? But uh, inshallah, we'll, we, we've done that before and we'll do that in the future. But however, just to give you a bit of an anecdote, it's related about Ibrahim alayhi salam. Now, Ibrahim alayhi salam was a very close friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they call Khalil, right? Uh, Khalil, uh, Ibrahim alayhi salam is the Khalil, the, the, the very close friend. Once he tells Malakul Maut alayhi salam, uh, who had come, Malakul Maut had come to take his life, to take his soul, right? This was the end of his life. So um, he had an objection here. Well, he had a question. He said, Have you ever seen a friend who would cause death to his friend? Have you ever seen one friend causing death to his, his friend? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he inspires. He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Have you ever seen a friend who dislikes to go and meet his friend? Dislike to go and join up with his friend? So then immediately afterwards, Ibrahim alayhi salam, he says, Ya malakul maut, ya malakul maut, O angel of death. Now you can take my soul. You can take my soul. Right. So that's friendship. That's true love and true friendship. According to one of our tabi'een, who is a great commentator of the Quran, his name is Suddi, he says that on the day of judgment, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of these lovers of Allah, he says that on the day of judgment, all of the Ummas, all of the communities of the different prophets, they're going to be called by their prophets. Ya Ummata Musa, Ya Ummata Nuh, Ya Ummata Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And while absolutely we would be totally happy by being called Ya Ummata Muhammadin Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? However, it says that the Muhibbin, those who really loved Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and who got to that status of love, they will be invited by Ya Awliya Allah, O friends of Allah. O oh, friends of Allah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us, make us of that. So what exactly is this love? This verse that we read, What exactly is this love? That's what we're going to look at today, inshallah. Those 
Some people refer to this mahabba of Allah as referring to the love of His worship, love of His obedience. They love to obey Allah. That's what love means here. Some take it as the love of His reward. I love Allah because I love what He's promised me. I love what He's going to give me. Right. So now let's analyze this. Some of us are, are probably like this, that we love Allah because we want paradise. We want his reward. Okay. And some people, they just really enjoy their worship. Now, what exactly should it be? So these people, they think, they've recognized that pleasure is something, the, the pleasure, the, the, the pleasure of obedience the pleasure of the reward of Allah so they think that the pleasure is intrinsically lovable it's the pleasure which you're after right because that is can be made an object of love and it's intrinsically lovable they've not recognized that the perfection of Allah is what should be intrinsically lovable there's a higher level to this it's the perfection of Allah that we love we can't see any blemishes because it's perfection that leads us to love something and to totally incline and be obsessed by something, right? So the arifun, those who really know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they say that no, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mahboobun fi dhati. He is the one, the object of love, the subject of love, the one who is beloved for his self, right? In himself and for himself, not for any exterior reason. It's not because of his reward. It's not for his avoiding his punishment. It's not for obeying him, although we're going to obey him, right? It's actually that Allah is an entity that can be loved for his own sake and due to his own sake and for his own sake. Intrinsically lovable entity because he has all of the qualities for that. So these are the people for whom, uh, the, and you can't recognize this unless you get an idea and a recognition of some of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's perfection. Okay. Subhanallah. The reason is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most complete and perfect of any perfect being that you might consider perfect. He is the most perfect of complete and perfect beings. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because he is essential. Allah has to be there for this whole universe to be there. And he has to be there even if the universe was not there because he is necessarily existent. And he is essentially independent of everything else. He doesn't, nothing else depends, nothing else does he depend on. Everything depends on him. In fact, the perfection of everything else comes from his perfection. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for example, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most perfect in his knowledge and in his ability, in his power, right? He's most um, in, in both of those aspects and in multiple other aspects, that's what he is. So, sometimes there's a person who has a lot of knowledge and usually people gravitate towards knowledge. So there's somebody with a lot of knowledge. People usually will gravitate towards them and will incline towards them and will love them because of their knowledge. Right? Sometimes you've got a person who is very, very brave. So because of his bravery, people incline towards that person and they admire that person for that reason. Sometimes you've got somebody who's very abstinent, very cautious, very scrupulous, very careful. So 
there may be, you know, whatever other people might find very attractive and difficult to restrain themselves from. This person is on a very, very particular kind of diet and he can go through all of this and not have a problem. He's got the restraint. He's got the caution. So you respect that kind of a person. How can we then not love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he's got all of these facts? Now, these were just some of the factors for which we love people, that we could love people and admire them for. So why can't we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for these very same issues, these very same points? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge knows no bounds. Like there is no end to his knowledge, right? There just can't be any kind of um, not knowing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, all power is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything else is actually no power compared to the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, the bravery, whatever else you want to call it, and the ability to withhold themselves and restrain themselves and be careful about themselves, all of that, whatever people have is nothing compared to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has. So that's why it becomes very important to conclude that the one who's truly, the only one who's actually truly lovable in that perfect regard, in that perfect way, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that he is to be loved for his own sake and due to his own sake. Whether anybody else loves him or not, he is entitled to that, whether anybody else loves him or not. I just want to finish off with a, a, a kind of a subtle point here, which is very interesting. No human being, they don't have any pathway to get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just like that, right? There's no pathway to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just like that. Like if it's just the human being and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how do you learn about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The way to learn about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is essentially to look around and to look at everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created and everything that Allah owns. And without that, you can't really get to Allah because how do you understand Allah with just your mind? You need the creation which are everything in creation is a sign of Allah and you recognize from there Allah's beauty, that Allah is alive, that Allah has ability, that Allah has perfection, that Allah has design, that Allah has power and so on and so forth. You need something to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can't just sit there and say, I know Allah. Unless, of course, Allah imparts that knowledge to us. That's different. But just usually speaking, that's how it's going to happen. So now, can we then conclude that anybody who has a more subtle knowledge Regarding the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so deeper knowledge into the biology, into the physics, into the smaller workings and the sophistication of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then obviously they, they, can, they can lead, that can lead them to a conclusion about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his greater soul. Because Allah is very elaborate, very sophisticated, very complete and very perfect. The only way you can really get an understanding of that is when you get an understanding of the perfection of his creation. So anybody who has greater understanding of the creation, they should definitely have that kind of conclusion unless they veil themselves. This is the problem. They veil them. And many of these scientists, some, they are believing scientists and then they are atheist scientists and there are agnostic scientists. So that person's love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should eventually become the most perfect. And the other thing then is that since there is no end to Allah's perfection, like you can never enumerate all of it, you can never uh, 
encompass all of it and list all of it in one place. It's just always going to be, there's going to be more than that because Allah is that entity in such a way that he's just limitless, infinite. So there can't be ever any end to how much you can love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because you love someone or something based on the understanding of their completeness and their perfection and their sophistication. And there's no end to Allah's sophistication, completeness and perfection. So the more you learn, the more your love will increase. That way we could probably very easily conclude that love of Allah is always increasing. The more you learn about him and the more you learn about his creation and if that's taking you in the right direction. And eventually what, why that's going to happen is when you, usually what happens is that when you see perfection in something, uh, human beings I think have this natural propensity natural inclination to admire and to acknowledge perfection and completeness and goodness in something, right? Yes, we might veil it sometimes, we might deny, we might be stubbornness, but deep down I think everybody eventually recognize uh, fadila and virtue of something. So when you start recognizing this, so you might deny it first because your ideology doesn't allow you to believe in a God, but deep down it just needs to be unraveled. That's why have a discussion with people like that. You know, unravel this for them, have a discussion with people like that. That is what's going to lead them to have more of an appreciation of what's happening in terms of the design of this world and so on. And then thus an appreciation of the maker of this world. If they can just overcome these weird arguments that have been put forward uh, by deniers of God. Now what happens is that eventually these people can become the greatest lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the idea is that as soon as you start, uh, as soon as that mahabba comes in, it will overtake the heart. And then after that a person... Um, just finds j just finds solace and comfort with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then when you find comfort and solace with Allah, this is just the logical explanation. When you find comfort and solace with Allah, what that does is that that eventually just makes you, uh, makes everything else pale in your sight and wane in your sight so that you don't really, things don't excite you anymore. Like you have, an, you have a car that did you very, very well and then after that you've got a new car that old car suddenly pales in your sight because you've got something new that happens with everything else. You know, usually that happens. You might still have sentimental attachment to something, but at the end of the day, it pales in significance to something greater and something uh, something that, that, that is bigger than that, right? So, um, when, you, when we eventually become very comforted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then after that, you don't want to look at anything else afterwards and all of those things wane in your sight and... That's what they call it perishes, right? This concept of fana that you hear Sufis speak about, that everything else perishes, it just means that it becomes nothing because there's something greater that you're looking at. The greater thing when the sun comes out, the little candle is not needed anymore, right? A little candle is not needed anymore, you have the sunlight afterwards, right? Uh, no other spotlight is going to help once the sun is out there. There's no summer spotlight that compares to, you know, the sunlight. So, the only way to really understand this is that when somebody has al-ishku shadid has like an intense love for something, right? For anything. Like imagine your intense love that you have for something where you're willing to sacrifice everything for that thing. You just want that thing. For example, you see traders, their main love and their obsession is actually with, uh, with, with earning a living, right? If they're really business oriented, they just want to make money. They just want to do a hustle wherever it is. They want to make money in every sense. Every cent counts. So if they can 
uh, make an extra cent here or there, they, they, they will do that. And in that case, what they will do for, in some cases, they will, they, they, will, they will stay hungry because it's a very busy period. So they don't get their meals on time. They don't get their, their sleep on time. They're willing to, at nighttime, go and stock up to go and get supplies, to go and stock up the shop for the next day. They only have, you know, if they're lucky, they have maybe one or two hours of sleep because they know this is the season. Or they have to protect their assets or whatever it is because, you know, uh, they're, they're scared that somebody somebody might take them or there might be a robbery or something like that. They're willing to undergo all of these things because of the object of their love. Now, if you can just see that as an example of something so lowly, you know, in the greater, you know, in, in terms of the greater role of it in, uh, in terms of the hereafter, and somebody can be so obsessed by it, then how can somebody not be obsessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to that level as well? And thus... The people who believe, they are most intense in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala compared to anything else. Again, to summarize this, the only way to that is to learn about Allah more. And when you learn about Allah more, you just can't help but understand His greatness and His perfection, His sophistication, His beauty, His design, and everything else about Him. And then that just overwhelms you, right? Just, just start learning about Allah and you'll see that it will overwhelm you. You don't even have to do anything more. You just have to remove your biases, you just have to give yourself up to Allah and just acknowledge Allah and just recognize Him. And all of this, inshaAllah, will just carry on and just will get to it. And inshaAllah, then we can say that we are those believers who are most ardent in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah make us of them. May Allah make us of them. May Allah accept us uh, as, as that. Now, obviously, there's conditions for lovers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to rise to that condition. Uh, Jazakallah khair. This month of Ramadan is a great time for that, for us to be able to maybe even try to achieve this. We know it's achievable now, so now we can ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us this. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam at least at their basic level so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time especially for example the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there the Islamic Essentials certificate which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.